This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I, they haven't found those guys yet, and I just got a report. All that hope we had because they heard clanging in the, possibly in the submarine, these guys banging on the walls potentially, some sonar buoy, some airplane actually picked it up from Canada, that there was a banging happening, and it looked like it was happening like on every half hour, like they were signaling, hey, we're alive, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's panning out. They are still searching. Oh, okay. Look, stuff is coming in fast. Okay. No evidence. Now I hear the search is ongoing for the source of the underwater noise. This submarine that went down to see the Titanic totally unnecessarily. Sorry. I'm not a fan of extreme sports, uh, extreme excursions. Uh, stay home. Be safe. Watch it on TV. Yeah, you got to get out, get some fresh air, but this is a bit over the top, right? Anyway, we are praying for these people. Uh, the billionaire from Pakistan, the billionaire from the UK, uh, some French guy who is a very good maritime uh, mar- mariner, I guess you would say. Uh, who else is in that thing? The head of the company, Stockton Rush, waspy name. Listen, we are hoping and praying that these people make it in their... They're not suffering right now. I mean, my God, can you imagine being in that little tube... I can't imagine being in that little tube for five minutes, let alone five days. This is awful. Hey, the, the the Coast Guard is actually having a briefing. Can we pump up the volume? This is in Massachusetts, the Coast Guard. This is like the, the base of operations for the rescue. Go ahead. Supervisor of Salvage. Huh? Hello, I'm Carl Hartsfield from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Lieutenant Commander Rich Cantharia. I'm an exchange officer currently serving on the staff of Commander Submarines Atlantic at Norfolk, Virginia. Good afternoon, Lieutenant Commander Christy Butler, working closely with Captain Frederick from RCC Boston, right. Search and Rescue Mission Coordinator. Thank you. Let's find out what's going on. Got their names straight. This is for the newspaper reporters, I guess. So you. They're all wearing blue. So a, a couple things. One, I think um, when you're in the middle of a search and rescue case, you always have hope. That's that's why we're doing what we do. Um, with respect to the noises specifically, we, we don't know what they are, uh, to be frank with you. Um, we, the, the P3 detected noises. That's why they're up there. That's why they're doing what they're doing. That's why they put sonar buoys in the water. Um, the good news is, what I can tell you is, we're searching in the area where the noises were detected, and we'll continue to do so. And we, we hope... Um, that when we're able to get additional ROVs, which will be there in the morning, the intent will be to continue to search um, in those areas where the noises were detected, and if they're continuing to be detected, and then put additional ROVs down in the last known position where the search was originally taking place. I hadn't heard 30-minute uh, uh, intervals. So here's what I can tell you. We, so I, I am not a trained ear for underwater aquatics. Um, that's why we have a team of experts that are analyzing that data. That data was sent immediately to uh, to the Navy 
uh, last night, and it was analyzed overnight. They're still looking at it, but I can tell you that it's, it's inconclusive. Um, but again, I think the important piece is we're searching in the area where the noises were detected. It's a timeline in what respect? How much action do they have left off? Oh, okay. Uh, so, well, in terms of, so we talked about the oxygen number. I think you're all tracking the oxygen number. I, I think there's an important point with that, though. The, the oxygen, that, that, that's just one piece of data, right? There, there are a lot of pieces of data that we need to consider. And, you know, we're continuously looking at that, and we'll continuously, uh, you know, do that throughout the search. Um, but that's not the only thing that's important, right? And, and right now, our efforts are, are solely for, focused on the search. Um, that certainly is a dialogue that's happening, um, but uh, but we're focused on searching at this point. Oh, boy. What else is important? Oh, this is, a, this is a search and rescue mission, 100%. We are smack dab in the middle of search and rescue, and, uh, and uh, we'll continue to put every available asset that we have in an effort to, to find the Titan and the crew members. Captain, you are those ROVs. Can you confirm that some sort of rectangular object has been spotted? There was some sort of report about that. I don't know. So, well, a couple things. So, the, the ROVs, all each ROV brings different capability. Uh, the ROVs that are diving remotely today, um, operated vehicle, it? by the way, ROV. Yeah. Four thousand meters, um, and they, some additional ROVs that will be arriving tomorrow have uh, additional depth capability. Um, with respect to uh, an object, so. Yesterday, one of the aircraft uh, did see an object. I, I will tell you this. In search and rescue missions, when aircraft are flying continuously, there is stuff out of the ocean that's floating. Um, we went back. We looked at it. It, it, it wasn't. We, we didn't determine it to be debris. We don't think it's, it, it, it correlates with the case, and it is not uncommon at all during an active search to see things, and then we go and look at them. So. When were the noises heard, the banging? Speak up. Yeah, so the P, so several P3 flights are, have heard noises um, as yesterday, and we put uh, assets there. Uh, we, we relocated assets immediately. Um, with respect to uh, food and water, it's my understanding there are some limited rations. I, I can't tell you exactly how much... Um, they have a board, but they do have some limited rations aboard. Uh, the Speaking to the Listen, I think you need to be careful. Um, we, we, we need to have hope, right? But, but I don't. I can't tell you what the noises are. But what I can tell you is, and I think this is the most important point. We're searching where the noises are, and that's all we can do at this point. Oh boy! Oh boy! And as soon as they get out, well, hope, wait, wait. Who's this guy? Hold on. So I, so I just wanted to, so it was my understanding that the P3 had heard some noises today as well. But So I do want to take just an opportunity to, uh, this to guy. invite uh, Carl uh, to the podium just to talk a little bit about, um, he has a little bit more expertise in, in underwater um, acoustics, and maybe just to speak to that in general because, again, um, you know, th there are noises below the surface of the ocean. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll just turn it to Carl. Uh, Yes, uh, C-A-R-L-H-A-R-T-S-F-I-E-L-D. So again, Carl Hartsfield from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. Uh, so the ocean is a very complex place. Obviously, uh, human sounds, nature sounds, and it's very difficult to discern what the source of those no noises are at times. But I can tell you that this team has multiple sensors. They're in the area. 
They're sending data back expeditiously to the best in the world people to analyze that data, and then they're feeding the results of that analyst back to the unified team, and they're making decisions. So uh, Woods Hole is here in an advisory role, but uh, by our expertise, what I see is a very tight operational loop that's making decisions based on data, and nothing is ruled out. All right. So, look, they're kind of – they don't have much right now, and you just heard the ocean makes noises. Uh, okay, there's – you know, even if there wasn't this search going on, the noise, the ocean's a big complex place and there are noises in the ocean. So they don't know. They don't know if it's made by these people in this submarine or it's just, uh, who knows what, a garbage can floating around down there, a whale bumping into something. It could be a million different things. Um, they're trying their best. We obviously fully support them and we want this thing to, uh, end. Gosh, it would be a miracle, but boy, oh boy, are we ready for a miracle or what? And these five people, um, down there, let's hope, hope and pray they're alive. And, uh, we want them reunited with their loved ones. We want to give them a global, um, uh, homecoming. And then we're going to sue the CEO of the company, Stockton Rush. Sorry, pal. You got to get out of this. You got to, we got to save your life so we can sue you thoroughly. Okay. Right. And I want a big smile on your face as you're going through this lawsuit because, um, this is no way to run a submarine cop uh, company or submersible company or whatever you call it, the Ocean Gate Excursion Foundation. Um, you know, Stockton Rush, Rush Stockton. Uh, he's this. Uh, he's an Ivy Leaguer. He's um, a very interesting guy. He became an airline pilot at the age of nineteen, which is incredibly unusual. I've never heard of it before, actually. Flying all over the world on a DC eight, which is a big, big uh, jet. Uh, John Katzmatidis actually once owned uh, uh, Capital Airways, and they had a lot of DC-8s. It's like the old 707. It is huge, four engines. You don't see them anymore, but that was uh, very, very, well, it was commonplace in the 80s, 70s, even in the 60s. So, all right, I got to get this guy Stockton Rush out of the submarine so we can put him on the stand and say, what the hell were you thinking with this El Cheapo stuff, and what kind of attitude is this? What kind of attitude? So... Going down to the Titanic, 12,400 feet underwater in this rickety thing. This is, this is advanced stuff, or at least it should be. Listen to his attitude. Apparently he's a real woke dude and, uh, he didn't want to have too many white guys around. He literally did not want to have too many white guys in his company because, well, you know, what fuddy duddy, uh, white guys can do, right? No, but in his mind, we're not inspiring enough. Where is this? Uh, cut, is it 39? Is it cut 39? Yeah, cut 39. This is a little uh, interview he did and showing how woke he is. Go ahead. Listen to what he talks about. The CEO talks about hiring people. Uh, yes, I mean, when I started the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they, they typically um, have uh, gentlemen who are ex-military submariners, and they you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to, to go pursue marine technology. But a 25-year-old, uh, you know, who's a sub-pilot or a, a platform operator, one of our techs, can be inspirational. And so we've really tried to, to get um, very intelligent, motivated, younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and uh, some of the, the preponderance of checklists, uh, things we do for risk assessments and things like that that are 
more aviation-related than um, ocean-related. And we can train people to do that. We can train someone to pilot the sub. We use a game controller um, so anybody can drive the sub. Um, wow. Wow. A lot of problems there, huh? Wow, what a culturally <laughs> out of touch, or maybe he's totally in touch. That's the problem. Oh, I'm a 50-year-old white guy. I'm not going to inspire some 16-year-old. What? Yeah, that it just matters what your gender is, what your age is. What an insane thing. This is really new stuff we're doing. Uh, submarines have been around since the Civil War, buddy. All right, and it looks to me like you really screwed this thing up with your El Cheapo uh, equipment inside. Insane. Insane. Um, where was that thing? He's talking about all the, you know, it was a game controller. He had a, he had something from a Game Boy in there. He had, oh, those 50 year old ex-military men who know all about being on a submarine. How, what kind of training can you give a 25 year old who's never been in the military how to operate a submarine? But this is the kind of stuff that gets you, uh, booked on all the right podcasts, that gets you all the right, uh, uh corporate equity scores. <sighs> Wow. I, I notice, oh, by the way, this guy, Stockton Rush, and dude, I'm praying for you, man. I can't wait for you to get out of this thing and be reunited with your family, and I hope you live to be a 100 years old. But boy, oh, boy, do you deserve to be sued and also, goodness gracious, re-educated. Now, it's, he's a 50-something-year-old white person, right, white guy. But it's like, look, I am actually putting down white guy. I'm the white guy, but you don't want to have white guys around. You just want me because I'm the rich white guy, all right? You get rid of all the other white guys, all the other competition. Is that what's is that what's going on? And what little respect he has for the 16 year olds out there? You know, a 16 year old can't look only can look up to uh, Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber and some hot chick you hired to uh, operate the uh, the thingamajig. Is that it? Is that how shallow and stupid they are? I don't think so. I don't think so. Thank God. Young people, at least for the time being, some of them can be inspired by people, how do they say, who don't even look like them, who don't look like them, who maybe lived even hundreds of years ago, philosophers, Jesus, okay, people who aren't young and hip, how about that? All right, we got to save this guy's life so we can uh, sue him and uh, totally straighten him out. Now I'm angry at him, but I do do care very, very deeply. All right, let's... Uh, Ah, we got to get them out. Is there anything we can do? Zero. We can just watch. Sorry. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, if you really want to go see a, uh, a ship, if you're really into this stuff and you must do it, you can do something a hell of a lot easier. I know it's not as historic, it's not as possibly prestigious a dive, but it's in very shallow water, and it's uh, pretty close. It's 50 miles south of Nantucket, and it's the site of the Andrea Doria. The Andrea Doria went down, didn't that go down in like the 50s? And it's only, it's in 240 feet of water. 
So um, how about that one? All right. Two miles below the sea. It's crazy. And uh, oh, I'll get to the Durham stuff in a in a moment. You know that what a bust as usual with this guy. Um, yes, he's got dynamite stuff. If you read between the lines and squint, you can kind of see it in his report. But he shrouds it and he buries it. I believe on purpose in bureaucratic uh, verbiage, because well, he doesn't want to. Um, he really doesn't want to be noticed, like 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 a lot of good bureaucrats out there. All right, back to the submarine, though. Uh, if you're going to – this is the CEO of the company, Stockton Rush, bragging about how cheap everything is on his submarine. This is where you don't want to skimp. We don't care the gender identity of the pilot, buddy. We care about having state-of-the-art stuff in the submarine. How does that sound? Uh, this is David Pogue interviewing him last summer, Cut 18. I couldn't help noticing how many pieces of this sub seemed improvised. We can use these off-the-shelf components. I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller. (laughs) Come on! It seems like this submersible has some elements of MacGyver-y jerry-riggedness. I mean, you're putting construction pipes as ballast. I don't know if I'd use that description of it, um, but... There's certain things that you want to be uh, buttoned down. So the pressure vessel is not MacGyvered at all because that's where we work with Boeing and NASA and the University of Washington. Everything else can fail. Your thrusters can go. Your lights can go. You're still going to be safe. Um, well, if you see this little remote control thing that he's using, which looks like a Game Boy that's 20 years old, I mean, it looks like it's worth about 60 cents um, at a junk sale. Wow. Hey, I don't get the MacGyver reference. I never actually watched MacGyver on TV. And I don't know if that means, uh, does that mean junkyard or does it mean James Bond? Uh, never a MacGyver fan. Um, all right. Well, we have time for this Durham stuff. Gee whiz. This guy, four years to figure out, yeah, that the FBI unnecessarily investigated Trump and sabotaged his administration over Russia, Russia, Russia. They knew it was phony. They went ahead with it anyway. And um, he put out a big report that was a dud because it was a dud on purpose. I already told you how it was written. He didn't want much media attention, and he didn't get much media attention. There have been a few highlights, but uh, overall, like my friend um, uh, down there, the uh, former U.S. attorney, Joe DeGeneva, it almost would have been better if he hadn't written it. I, I... I, in a way that doesn't make sense, but in a way it makes perfect sense because these guys sabotaged the presidency and they got away with it. There's no deterrence. You got to have deterrence. You got to punish people or they're going to do it again. And I think they already are. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hey, remember I said a few moments ago, uh, if you really want to dive and check out something, go look at the Andrea Doria. It's a shipwreck from the 1950s. It's a hell of a lot closer to land, and it's in much shallower water. I take it back. Don't do it. You know the company that actually runs the expeditions? Ocean Gate. These people, the same damn uh, firm that's <laughs> no, all right, just don't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to Jamaica Bay, splash around there. I mean, uh, this, uh, uh, aren't you afraid of getting caught in the wreckage? You know, this thing might be in the wreckage too. It might be a couple of years ago. Actually, it was more than a few years ago. It was in the year 2000. 
there was a manned submarine down there at the Titanic and actually got caught in the propellers for a couple of hours. Um, uh, they made it out to tell the story. The guy was on TV last night telling the story. And uh, when is Hunter going to show up on the network news telling his story again, right? When is he going to be out there? Um, <laughs> he Did he get away with it? Hey, a five-year inquiry, a five-year federal investigation, five years, and they're getting him on two things, not paying his taxes on time. It's different from tax evasion, not paying his taxes on time. Didn't they figure that out, like, immediately, the day he opened it? Couldn't they have figured that out right away? Hey, they were due on this date, and you have not yet filed them, or you filed... Why would that take five years? What were they? Did they just track down every loose end? Oh, this doesn't check out. That doesn't check out. I don't believe it. And by watching his attorney yesterday, wow, what a what a evasive swamp guy. Uh, the laptop did that have anything to do with it? You would think it would come up in an investigation because to most people, the laptop, which is totally verified, it's the real deal. It's his, not disinformation. It's amazing. It's amazing how the I saw Intel officials on last night, James Clapper on TV last night saying he does not regret the uh, signing that letter saying it was Russia disinformation. Doesn't regret it. These intelligence officials, my gosh, I mean, they hang your heads in shame, embarrassment. You're all terrible. Most of you, some of you are great, but a lot of you, you keep getting it wrong. You keep screwing stuff up. 9-11, WMD in Iraq, uh, the whole Afghanistan thing. Um, not good. Anyway, here's Hunter Biden's lawyer, uh, all cocky because he thinks he's going to get a lot of business, and maybe he should. Um, cut 20. Do you have any idea if um, Hunter Biden's laptop had anything to do with this investigation? Was it used? I don't. No, I don't. I mean, have you I, ever asked about it? Um, I can't recall being asked about it, to be honest with you. Um, but there's nothing about the the situation that's being that's been filed that has a thing to do with the laptop why not i don't know you'd have to ask the prosecutors Mm, maybe the prosecutors just uh maybe they looked at the last name of your client and thought "Hmm, maybe we should stay away from this is that possible there was something curious about his response initially right that little part about the laptop cut 21 now i mean you ever asked about it um I can't recall being asked about it, to be honest with you, um, but I can't recall being asked about it, to be honest with you, but uh, something's weird. That means I recall being asked. I think I, I think it usually means the uh, the absolute opposite. Um, all right. So what could they have gotten Hunter on? You know, a lot of people think that, well, he's in pictures with. Very young girls all over the place. Uh, human trafficking may have been uh, part of his repertoire. Also, not registering as a foreign agent. You know, you, when you're representing the interests of other countries or other countries' firms, as he seems to have been doing, do you have to register as a foreign agent? Um, let's see, the money laundering stuff. There are a lot of concerns that just kind of evaporate here, and it looks like they're trying to hook him up even further. Because the Department of Justice put out a statement. The investigation into Hunter Biden is ongoing. Now, chumps like me, I, I, I consider myself a chump in this respect because I thought, oh, well, okay, that's good. They're still looking into it. Maybe, you know, they're really trying to do the right thing here. No, that's code. That's Beltway code for uh, the committees in Congress who are investigating this. We're not going to cooperate with you because we have our own probe ongoing, our ongoing investigation. 
And uh, we have to keep everything confidential because, well, we're considering criminal charges. And that's their excuse to not participate in James Comer's inquiry, right? Because that's so political. Well, political isn't necessarily a bad word, oh, by the way. You know, the, the fake news, the deep state, they want you to think that political is bad. And sometimes it is. But it actually, to me, represents, well, democracy. You know, the people. Uh, we We have a right to this stuff. We... We as people, and they're saying, no, the swamp is so important, they don't have to answer to us. I don't accept that. Do you? It's a little sleek game that they're playing. Um, oh, let's do the the Durham thing real quick. What a bust. Man, oh, man. Hey, I'm sorry. Maybe, do we know anybody here who has a goatee? I don't like the goatee. He has a goatee. And there's something, I mean, the devil wears a goatee. And who else wears a goatee? I don't know anybody who wears a goatee. I'm trying to think. There's got to be somebody. Nobody comes to mind right now, but he has a goatee. A federal prosecutor with the goatee. And uh, let's listen to him this morning. Look, he has the goods. The FBI, they blew off all of their own regulations because they hated Trump, and they started a phony investigation against him to get him. And uh, that's okay. Even though he documented it, no one's really in trouble. Give me the first cut, please. You have a good reputation. You had a good reputation. That's why the two Democrats supported you. But the longer you hold on to Mr. Barr and this report that Mr. Barr gave you as special counsel, your reputation will be damaged. As everybody's reputation who gets involved with Donald Trump is damaged, he's damaged goods. There's no good dealing with him because you will end up on the bottom of a pyre. I yield back the balance of my time. Sure. My, we uh, presume the gentleman's undecided on, on how he feels about the pre- former president. Gentlemen, witness can respond. Yeah, my uh, concern about my reputation is with uh, the people who I respect, and my family, and my Lord. And I'm perfectly comfortable with my reputation with them, sir. Um, this is being seen as a real, you know, big moment. Like, and there was a round of applause after that. I didn't really see it like that. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, great. Your family and friends like you. But what about um, the American people? I think they were ill-served by this report i get it yeah that was uh okay yep yep you don't you can take the slings i guess and you're getting them from all sides but not really you should have seen does anybody know who john durham is i mean Mueller. even people who don't follow politics knew who Mueller was um this no it's a it's an asterisk it's a little footnote and it should be it should be huge it is so big and the corruption that they found out about hillary clinton and that whole dossier that they paid for and pawned it off as if it was Russian intelligence, bona fide Russian intelligence, and it was just a bunch of made-up stuff. And the White House knew it. The White House knew it. Uh, let Let me hear the next clip, please. None of the individuals you prosecuted were ever charged with being part of a hoax or a fraud or a witch hunt or a politically motivated deep state conspiracy against Donald Trump. Isn't that correct? I would not say that that's accurate. You mean you did charge somebody with being a part of a hoax? We charged Mr. Sussman with having knowingly provided false information to the FBI regarding Alpha Bank. But he was was acquitted, though, right? That wasn't your question. Well, he was Mr. Sussman was acquitted after you charged him, correct? Grand jury found he was found wrong. innocent by a jury of uh, by a unanimous jury of twelve. That's not true. Well, 
What's true is the grand jury found probable cause to indict uh, Mr. Uh, Sussman. Uh, a jury of a his peers jury. acquitted him, though, correct? And a trial you're jury. Not, you're not going to disagree on that, are you, uh, Mr. Durham? I'm going to try to answer your question as well. Well, let me ask you. This. Well, I'm sorry. I, 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 and the congressman is a Democrat. He's not wrong. I mean, Sussman was found not guilty. Um, and Sussman was guilty as hello, by the way. I know this is rabbit hole stuff. This is my, it seems minute, but we had a Hillary Clinton lawyer who was working for the Hillary Clinton campaign, getting paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign. He said he made an appointment with the top lawyer at the FBI saying, Hey, I just found some stuff that Trump may be talking to banks in Russia. Can I come see you? Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I'm doing this on my own. I don't work for a campaign or anything. I'm just doing this out of the goodness of my heart as a private citizen. Oh, pst, come on in. Do you need a building pass? He goes, no, I already have one. How about that for swamp? Sussman lied his ass off. Absolutely. And the guy, the silly guy he uh, went to meet with, Baker, another creep. And guess what? A jury in Washington, D.C. found him not guilty. And they play this game. They do. They do. They do. They do. They do. They do. They know. You need an impartial jury. It's in the Constitution. If you're tried by a jury of your peers, your peers, it can't be 90% Democrat. If you're a Republican or vice versa or whatever, it's so unfair. Terrible. Terrible. All right. Do we have this new one, though? Okay. Here's um. This might be a bit more interesting. This is Durham talking about people who did not speak to him. If you turn on MSNBC, you'll see these uh, McCabe, Strzok, and the rest all the time bitching and moaning about uh, Durham and Trump. But listen to this. Go ahead. First, let me make it clear that um, it is um, as disappointing, perhaps more disappointing to me and my uh, colleagues, that these people would not agree to be interviewed. Um you know, some of them had a lot to say publicly, but they refused to um, uh, be interviewed by our folks. Okay, that's uh, Dolan, Danchenko, Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page. They would not be interviewed, huh? Comey. Comey would not be interviewed. McCabe, Strzok. Strzok and I, oh, by the way, go at it on social media. <laughs> hey, we should really look into these guys and their pensions. Pension, you know, Strzok is getting paid, paid by the FBI right now in retirement, in disgrace. Uh, Gary, what is up? Hello. Are you snoring? Hello? Gary! Yikes. Sounds creepy. E. What was that? Never mind. Tom! Hello. Yeah. Hello. How do you do? I'm doing good. And that's not what I called to talk to you about. I'm a former prosecutor. I'm appalled by what they did with Biden, but I do have a goatee. <laughs> well, what, why do you do that? I mean, why not just shave it all off? Well, you got to shave around it, right? I mean, what, 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 why do you? What look are you going for there? I got lazy during COVID. You got lazy during COVID, or creative during COVID, because that's a little tricky thing to do. All right. So anyway, yeah. Who the hell am I to judge anybody else's facial hair? What's going on? I'm a technical diver. Besides being a lawyer, I actually have two friends on that expedition right now. What do you they mean? Slated, uh, they were slated for the second dive. They're not the rich guys. There's like genuine explorers. Then they get grants from the Explorers Club and things like that. And they work these things. They were doing the safety diving uh, when that ship went down. Okay. A couple things you got to think about. One, you, you're saying, well, it could be on the Titanic. 
I don't think so. Well, it, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, you may, look, look, I said it could be. I don't know, and neither do you, but let me hear your theory. I mean, they could be. They, well, it could be, but it's a two-hour two and change trip down. I thought it was work. four hours. I thought it was four hours. It's, it's four hours back and forth. Oh, okay. But it's, it's two hours and change to get down. Yeah. And I, I kind of know this because my friend that's there now was on last year's expedition, and she made a, a whole video and showed it to All her. All right, and they lost calm at one hour and 45 minutes, right? Right. So that means they're like someplace like maybe 8,000 feet deep. Uh, I mean, yeah, not to the Titanic, okay? But pretty close, almost there. Well, you, you know, it's like dropping a quarter in the water at the beach. It just goes back and forth, and it would be very improbable. For it to land after Titanic. All right, so where is it? It's either, God forbid, they either imploded, okay, and they're dead, or they they have a manual release of the ballast. So they can dump the ballast, even if they lose all their power, which apparently they did, and they could be bobbing around on the surface, you know, miles away. And although it sounds like, oh, yeah, the Navy can find them, it's not that simple because... They don't sit up high. Maybe they, maybe a foot of this thing is sticking up on the surface, and they're in three foot swells. So you gotta, they gotta find it with sonar or something if it's there. The scary thing is, you can't get out of that thing from the inside. All right, there's no release valve. They, they did it. They designed it so a team has to unscrew you when you get back on the boat. They, they hoist it up and put it on the ship, and they unscrew it. Yeah. And so if they're in there. They're suffocating. It's, it's, and uh, wow. then you got to know about that technology, the air they're trying to say, well, there's this much air, they got that much air. It's not, they don't have like a big scuba tank strapped on. They have small oxygen tanks and we breathe the technology to scrub it. And that's dependent on temperature. The colder it gets, the less efficient. So they're going to run out of air faster than anybody is predicting. So I'm really concerned about these people, but... You know, hey, one thing you said it could have imploded. Does that mean it just disintegrated? It just like something went wrong. There was a leak. It, what do you mean by imploded? It could have just imploded in the carbon fiber hull, or or in the seal around the portholes. Uh, that pressure is so intense that it will literally just crush this thing. The minute it gets open, it's going to crush in. It's going to blow it apart. So. But then you expect to see pieces, although I don't think it's very buoyant stuff. Yeah, no, it would sink. It would sink. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why the hell didn't they have a chain or a rope or some sort of cord between this uh, 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 submersible and the mothership? I mean, Um, that's the biggest thing. Why the hell would they not have that? You've got to realize, two miles of tether is tons and tons and tons of weight. And that works okay if you got one of those old bathyspheres, you know, a dive bell that they just lower straight up and down. You've got that paying out behind a moving submarine that's getting close to a wreck, and that's way too hazardous because you can get a loop stuck around the Titanic, and then what do you do? So they can't tether. They really, they just can't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think they should have had a tether. And by the way, the Andrea Doria, you know, divers die on that every year. All right, don't go there either. Gee whiz, I, I, I took it back, you know. I don't want I, – I did, I said, and it's the same company. All right, well, that's fascinating, man. You know your stuff. Um, Tom, Eastchester, appreciate it, pal, and I'll be right back.
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So there are a couple of hard facts here. This was a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware. U.S. attorney David Weiss. He was appointed by former President Trump. It was struck with a Trump-appointed federal prosecutor, David Weiss, in Delaware. Oh, wow. So this must be a really solid deal for um, uh, Hunter, right? I mean, gosh, after all, a Trump-appointed prosecutor all day long. The fake news telling me that the prosecutor on the Hunter Biden case is Trump-appointed. Total lie. Total and complete lie. I mean, in a Beltway way, they can. I can see them trying to say it with a straight face. Uh, David Weiss has been around since the 80s. Career prosecutor. He's worked for Obama. He worked for both Bushes. He was actually around uh, under Reagan. He was recommended by both Democrat senators in Delaware. That's how it usually goes down. Um, the senators in a state, they get a little bit of, uh, I don't know if you call it patronage or what, but generally they uh, they defer to the senators. You get to appoint a prosecutor. Um, you know, Trump actually thought that a lot of people were going to be going, you know, approaching their jobs with good faith, right? Good faith. He went there. He was so naive. I, me too, oh, by the way. And here I thought that people would do the right thing for the country, follow the rule of law, uh, obey the regulations, prosecutors, government workers. No, they uh, they did everything they could to stop him, to screw up his agenda from day one. The day he uh, won the election, actually, they were saying impeach Trump. Those efforts started before the election Operation Crossfire Hurricane. But that guy, uh, he was a top deputy under Obama. He was a top deputy under George W. Bush. There's no way Trump even met the guy. But you'll hear that a lot, that this was a Trump-appointed. It's one of the biggest uh, cons out there. But a lot of people, yeah, okay, ooh, Trump-appointed. Yeah, and they can look it up. Yeah, well, actually, he was appointed, let's see here, in uh, 2018. And Trump was the president. Therefore, he's Trump-appointed. Um, so... They count on us being naive, okay? That's uh, that's their game plan. All right. They're still missing, and there's nothing we can do about it, right, for the time being. As we go to break, I want to take it. Sandra, you're always so good. You call every day, oh, by the way. Thank you for doing that. Uh, is it an automatic thing, or do you write yeah. it on your list or what? Uh, if you don't want me to call every day, just tell me, and I won't. That I understand if you think I shouldn't. I would. No, think? are you kidding me? I love it. I love it. I, 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 I would just. I just wouldn't take your call. I take your call every day, don't I? That's true. You do. Yes. Well, I wanted to say that I would. All the money in the world couldn't pay me to go on that submarine. I mean, did you see how tight the quarters are? And did you see how there's one little bathroom there with a curtain? I mean. And the poor son with the father, I mean, the mother must be going crazy that the father took the son, the 19-year-old boy, on this little submarine. But that's not why I called. I called today because um, this mother was shot by her two-year-old son. And I am so upset that we're going to lose our rights for guns because people are not being careful with their guns. Yep. That gun should not have been in the reach of the two-year-old child. It should have been locked up. Yep. People should listen to the NRA. It's all about gun safety. Sandra, we love you. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, got a lot of uh, a lot of feedback saying, "Hey, people should be able to do the extreme sports. It's good that they're going out to see the Titanic and other um, attractions." Why are you so afraid of the out? I'm not afraid of the outdoors. Somebody says, "Oh, you could die crossing the street." Keep that in mind when you say people should not scuba dive at shipwrecks. Well, the thing is, the difference is you have to cross the street. <laughs> you, 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 right? You, there's no option. You must cross the street. Some people say, well, uh, you know, driving a car, you can get killed driving a car. So why not bungee jump? Well, you have to drive a car. That's part, you know, you, you there's, it's not optional. There's a, to- a complete and total option of whether or not you actually really want to bungee jump, right? And I have nothing again. Have you ever bungee jumped? Have you ever? I've never bungee. I never would. I still think it. Every now and then, you can look it up on YouTube. There are some mishaps. It's not as big of a thing as it used to be. All right. So look, I'm looking at the all the rear admiral is on TV right now from the Coast Guard saying this is still a search and rescue mission. This is not a recovery mission. So they're still operating on the idea that these guys are alive, could be alive. Pretty interesting what we heard from Tom, though. One of our listeners, Tom, happens to be a lawyer and a technical diver. Wonder what he meant by the technical part. Anyway, he sounded like he really knew his stuff. And the thing is, this thing could have surfaced. It could have surfaced and it would still be very hard to find. And these guys can't just open the window or open the hatch. They've got to be, uh, near the mothership. So they could be locked in there, bobbing around. Wouldn't that be awful? Can't open a window. They c- cannot be open from the inside. That's just a, a terrible thing. And I, I, I've been highlighting this. I, th- I think the guy who runs it, and we want Stockton Rush to live, has been a, is a bit of a woke guy. Seems like a bit of a rich kid, from what I can tell. And we are hoping and praying for his survival and everybody else on that thing, and so we can straighten him out when he gets the hell out of there. Because um, first of all, what's up with the cheap junk you used? What is he? What is it? What was this cute or something like that? I still. How could he do such a thing? Look. We'll get to the cheap stuff in a moment. Here's his woke attitude. You're going to hear him. He's being interviewed about the type of people he operate, he hires for his submarine company. You know, if I'm running a submarine company, I want experienced submariners. And where do you get those, huh? From the Navy. This guy wants teenagers. He wants kids in their 20s. Go ahead. Cut 39, I believe. Listen to what he talks about. The CEO talks about hiring people. Uh, yes, I mean, when I started the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they, they typically um, have uh, gentlemen who are ex-military submariners, and they you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to, to go pursue marine technology. 
but a 25 year old, uh, you know, who's a sub pilot or a, a platform operator, or one of our techs can be inspirational. And so we've really tried to, to get, um, very intelligent, motivated, younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and uh, some of the, the preponderance of checklists, uh, things we do for risk assessments and things like that that are more aviation-related than um, ocean-related. All right, we can train stop, stop, stop. You know what? The, the checklist, that stuff isn't innovative. It's uh, It's been around for a long time. I'm sorry, you... I'm not going to inspire anybody because I'm white and I'm 50 years old. That's the kind of thing a rich white person would say. Look at how woke I am. You know, fine. Stockton, you're set for life. You've got your own uh, airplane company and your own submarine company. and You've got this, that, and the other thing. And you went to Princeton and you were flying DC-8s at the age of 19. Great. You made it. Good for you. Talking down uh, white men your age that they're not going to inspire First of all, how many job descriptions? We want you to inspire young people. How about just being good at the job you you have and then possibly somebody wanting to do a job like yours? You know, when I was in college, I was very much inspired by Colin Powell. Colin Powell. He was at the time probably, I don't know, I was a teenager and he was in his 50s. And uh, Colin Powell was a four-star general. One of the things I got a kick out of, he was from the Bronx. I was going to school in the Bronx, Fordham. We had that in common. Yes, we didn't look alike, as the saying goes. We didn't have all that much in common, I guess. I mean, except for love of country and we were interested in the military. That's enough. What about common interests? You're only going to be interested in people who look like you, huh? Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. We got to get this guy out of that submarine so we can yell at him. All right? Jeez. And for all that cheap junk he bought... With a submarine instead of going state of the art. He went to Radio Shack, cut 18. Two different. I couldn't help noticing how many pieces of this sub seemed improvised. We can use these off the shelf components. I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller. <laughs> Come on! It seems like this submersible has some elements of MacGyver y jerry rigness i mean you're putting construction pipes as ballast i don't know if i'd use that description of it um but there's certain things that you want to be uh buttoned down so the pressure vessel is not macgyver at all because that's where we work with boeing and nasa and the university of washington everything else can fail your thrusters can go your lights can go you're still going to be safe wow wow you know what would inspire me? Some state-of-the-art gear, huh? How about some safety equipment? Uh, have these people sitting around in that tube. All right, we got to get that guy out. Hey, you know who Riley Gaines is, right? The She's an amazing swimmer. I think she's from Kentucky or West Virginia. And uh, she was the fastest female butterfly college swimmer basically in the world. Basically in the world. Until Leah Thomas showed up and started calling uh, itself, herself, himself a girl. And Leah Thomas... Well, Leah Thomas actually barely beat her. Actually didn't beat her. They tied. They tied. And uh, guess who they gave the medal to? Leah Thomas. Leah's, uh, Leah Thomas, you know, the transgender person. And they had to make her the champ because somehow it was uh, better for uh, brand identity or something like that, the NCAA. Anyway, uh, Riley Gaines is a champion, and she thinks women are women, girls are girls, and boys are boys, and men are men. 
and that there should be divisions uh, in sports. And for that, <laughs> they threw rocks at her when she showed up at the University of San Francisco. Pretty wild scene. They needed uh, the SWAT team to come in and rescue her. Can we hear a little bit of Riley from this morning on Capitol Hill? In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas, a six foot four, twenty two year old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Let me be clear about this. We were not forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. No one asked for our consent and we did not give our consent. And I'll, I'll set the scene as swimming locker room is not a place of modesty. You're undressing, you're fully exposed, and we were forced to take off our swimsuit in front of a man who was doing the exact same thing. If nothing else, I truly hope how you can see this is a violation of our right to privacy and how some of us have felt uncomfortable, embarrassed, and even traumatized by this experience. Yeah. How the hell? What's, what, what did the Democrats say to that? How did they try to, how did, how did they try to straighten her out? Hmm? We have biological men showing up in women's prisons. And what do they do when they get there? Often, they bash women's heads in. You know, women don't beat each other's brains out. You can look it up. That that almost never happens. Men? Probably about 50,000 men who beat each other's brains out today in the world. Today. One day. Today. 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 What movie is that, by the way? Goodfellas. Today, today, today. You got it. Okay, kid. You got it. Um, poor Riley Gaines. And I can tell, oh, by the way, this is not the first time she's told that story. And at first I was like, wait, she's crying? Oh, because she's telling this part of the story. When she's got to get undressed in front of that creep, Leah Thomas, who, oh, by the way, still has a penis. You know, that's like a taboo thing. You're not allowed to ask transgender about their genitalia. The, the, the line they like to use is, well, if you're going to ask me about my genitals, you're going to have to buy me dinner first. <laughs> uh, they, they pulled that crap on me um, on the Good Day New York show a while back. And uh, this has been a, a campaign, a campaign, and it's probably centered around money. LGB. Remember, it was the LGB community, lesbian, gay, bisexual, LGB. It sounds so like, wait, nobody says LGB. Yeah, actually, they all did, the LGB community. And then it became the LGBT community. You know when it did? Right around the time, uh, 11 years ago or so, when uh, marriage was legalized in New York State, and then it was mar- gay marriage was legalized um, uh, nationally, and then, okay, well, we, we won here, right? The gay, they won. They got everything. Great. Now you can get married like us. <laughs> now you can join the military too. That amazing, what's her name? Uh, I always get it mixed up. There's Ann Leibowitz, the photographer, and Fran Leibowitz, the writer. And she said, the great thing about being gay was you didn't have to join the military and you didn't have to get married. <laughs> now you can do both. Anyway, she's kidding, but there's some truth to that. So, um, oh, yeah, they needed something to complain about, and they needed something on which they could raise money, and they, they needed another um, a grievance and victimization, and being a victim is very good for business, good for donors. And uh, that's where this whole T thing, the LGBT, and oh, by the way, there's a lot of friction between gays and transgender. Uh, you got to listen to Dave, Dave Chappelle. And he makes this analogy to they're all riding around in a, in a, in a Volkswagen LGBTQ and the personalities and the differences and the, the demands and the status and the hierarchy. It's, um, 
It's absolutely amazing. Good for him. I want to hear from this person, please, if you don't mind. This is the Coast Guard. Another update on the submarine situation. Cut 19. Cut 19. We know there's about uh, there's about 40 hours of, of breathable air uh, left based on that initial report. Again, uh, that was just the initial report based on 96 hours uh, from when the vessel. Um, Captain, Captain. If the sub is located, that's a question that then, then the, uh, the experts need to look at what is the best course of action. Uh, for recovering this up. But I think it's going to depend on that particular situation and uh, and if we encounter that. I think the 40 hours is down to, what, 30 hours now? And that's assuming the thing is intact. Our friend Tom told us that the damn thing could have just, excuse me, imploded, collapsed into and on itself. Hey, um, anybody who raises any questions about anybody uh, in the Biden family, bite your tongue, according to Claire McCaskill, Ex-senator from uh, Missouri, constant presence on the MSNBC programming, cut 27. And by the way, everybody needs to back off Joe Biden about this. He loves his son. Back off. It is okay for him to love his son. And there's nothing wrong with it. They have no evidence of any kind of wrongdoing by Joe Biden. And it infuriates me that they're using this heartbreak against Joe Biden in this way. It's just not right. Yeah, I mean, David, I think some of what Claire's getting at is there was an effort to smear Joe Biden for a voice message. He left his son that just says, I love you, pal. You got to get some help. The fact that, that we live in a time where that's a political bomb to even be thrown is such an indictment of this political moment. Back off, back off. A father is allowed to love his son. You really, this is what's called, uh, what they love to call gaslighting, which is a terrible phrase. It doesn't like gaslighting. This is when they're saying something that is the opposite of the truth and they're just expecting you to uh, agree with it. And they're not going to concede the truth. They're going to pretend that this is all about this. The, the big controversy is about, uh, Joe Biden loving his son. No, it's not. It's about the three million dollars. That came from China into the accounts of Hunter Biden, James Biden, Frank Biden, Haley Biden, Kathleen Biden, uh, various grandchildren Biden, uh, Hunter's ex-wife and now present wife Biden, both Bidens. This is real stuff. Money came from Ukraine, went to an account in America and then divvied up between the Biden brothers uh, in-laws, grandchildren, same goes for Ukraine. Um, oh, in the voicemail where they said, oh, uh, I love you, pal. Yeah, he said, I love you, pal. He also said, I think we're in the clear about China. I've got the voicemail when we come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> Oh, Anthony, welcome to the show. You got something good. I can feel it. How are you, Anthony in New Jersey? Top of the board. Hi. How you doing, Greg? Good. Big, big fan of yours. I, I listen every day, and uh, I, if I could stay awake late enough, I watch your show at 10 o'clock. Uh, we always agree just about on everything. And I just wanted to say, I was listening to you earlier about this uh, billionaire guy on the submarine, the submersive uh how many guys that look like him that he doesn't want working for him are using every bit of resources, brain power, manpower right now trying to save his life? Damn good point. Damn good point. This guy says uh, that white guys. Go ahead. 
Yeah, he doesn't want any white guys in their 50s or so working uh, for him. He's going to get uh, all sorts of people, uh, 16-year-olds, 19-year-olds working for him. How many of them are uh, dropping everything they're doing right now to try to save that man's life? Oh, boy. You know what? This is one of the men. we got to rescue this guy so we can straighten him out and yell at him. I'm serious. I mean, look, we want this guy to be saved, all the people down there. I mean, I'm telling you, this is uh, this would just be so beautiful. I hate the thought of them being stuck down there. But uh, as soon as he gets out and everybody's reunited, we got to have a serious talk. He did say, do we have that thing? I mean, it's it's just astounding. It's astoundingly stupid and self-righteous. And quite frankly, it's something that a, that a rich guy would say, a rich, woke guy who wants to keep it all. Ready? Let's do it one more time. Listen, Anthony, cut through. Uh, yes, I mean, when I started business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they, they typically um, have – uh, gentlemen who were ex-military submariners and they, you'll see a whole bunch of 50 year old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational. And I'm not going to inspire a 16 year old to, to go pursue marine technology, but a 25 year old, uh, you know, who's a sub pilot or a, a platform operator, one of our techs can be inspirational. And so we've really tried to, to get, um, very intelligent, motivated, younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and uh, some of the, the preponderance of checklists, uh, things we do for risk assessments and things like that that are more aviation-related than um, ocean-related. And we can train people to do that. We can train someone to pilot the sub. We use a game controller um, so anybody can drive the sub. Anybody can drive the sub. No, I want a 50-year-old guy who may or may not be white. We don't care what the hell they look like. You do, uh, Stockton Rush, Rush Stockton. How about that? And I'm looking at all the uh, press conferences, Anthony. You know what I notice? I know it's not everything, but it's populated mostly by white guys, huh? How about that? 40, 50-ish year uh, white guys, Anthony. Right. <laughs> okay. What do you right. do? What? Hey, he's, yeah. aiding his, he's aiding in his own death right now. And you couldn't pay me two hundred fifty thousand dollars to go down there, right? Well, you know what? There are people down there right now who are looking for them, basically for peanuts. Peanuts. They're risking their lives, and let's hope and pray they get him and his friends. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, we're back. We are back. Do I want to, uh, anything else? Oh, $6.2 billion more for Ukraine. You know, I saw a video the other day of a McDonald's in Kiev, Ukraine. People were fine. They were ordering, uh, you know, double quarter pounders, everything. It's just everything is fine in, in Kiev. This is a, a peculiar war. It's a very peculiar war. And then a few miles away, you had that Russian soldier, uh, surrendering to a, to a drone. And the drones are actually dropping hand grenades. I, I got to tell you, I respect uh, the hell out of how Donald Trump has been handling this. He's handling it like a like a future commander in chief who recognizes his words are going to have a big impact with the parties at a peace table, like with Zelensky and with uh, Putin. He can't basically play favorites right now if he's going to try to engineer a deal. And is there anything wrong with a peace deal? It's funny. Talking about peace and people like you, know, you can't talk about that. It's it's complete and total victory for Ukraine and complete and total victory for for Russia. I mean, 
I, 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 how about peace? How about peace? Anyway, uh, moving on, we've got James Flippin. James, uh, the news guy. What is your actual title? Do you prefer assistant news director, news anchor? Hmm. You, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're James. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to say assistant news director, that's fine, but I think you just promoted me. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're the assistant to the news director. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. The assistant. As, yeah, I guess uh, I'm an anchor and a reporter for 77 WABC. You could say that. You guess. Yeah. <laughs> Did they ever tell you what your title was? Anchor reporter, I believe. Is, okay, anchor yeah. slash reporter. I'd have to check the offer letter, but. Um, well, oh, did they give you an offer letter? Oh, they did. Why is that necessary? Don't they just kind of, I, I, I've heard about this. I think that's... it's a formality. Yeah. You gotta, you know, you gotta cross your T's and dot your I's. There's a lot of paperwork. You, I think, I think I can tell the story because it's 22 years old, but would you like to hear the time I got an offer letter? Yeah. From New York One? Oh, yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, Basically, they said on the phone, you got a job. You know what I mean? You know, and I was so thrilled because I was working in uh, Nowheresville, upstate mm-hmm. Binghamton, mm-hmm. which actually I did like, but I was desperate to get the hell out of there, primarily because I was dating a girl in Washington, D.C., and, you know, she didn't think it was that cool that I was in upstate New York. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm understand. in a big city now. I'm in right. New York City. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I get the overnight uh, FedEx with the letter, right? And it says this, within 24 hours of receiving this letter, you will submit to a drug test at one of the following locations, A, B, C, D, E. And guess what I did the night before? <laughs> for the first time, for the first time since high school, I've only smoked pot five times in my life, right? Seriously, you know all, you can keep track of all five? Yeah. Okay. I mean, once, was in, once was in high school and I literally did an inhale. Okay. Once was in college. The third time was... The night before I received this letter, all right, because I was in the Marine Corps. I'm like, you know what? When I get out of the Marine Corps, I'm going to give that a try. And we went to the Tyson fight. It was on pay-per-view, and they were, you know, I'm like, well, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I guess I, Lennox Lewis. I, was it 2000? Uh, I mean, and uh, I took a couple right. of big hits, and I felt nauseous, and I went to bed, and uh, I just, ugh. But uh, the very next day, I mean, the next morning. Wow. And, uh, so did you, did you submit to the test or did you just, well, first I panicked. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is going to be, but this is my big chance, yeah, right? right? I called the doctor. I got my own drug test and the basically because I was not a habitual user, mm-hmm. they said it probably, probably will show up negative. Yeah. I may know a thing or two about that. Oh, <laughs> in my older days, in your older days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you don't even have to be. I mean, now it's like uh, it's uh, more people smoke than don't I, smoke. I mean, and I would say most TV and radio stations are, you know, they're going to be in some trouble if they have to run a screen. Well, I've never sensed any issue here. Everybody's on the ball. Um, but I guess I, in, anyway, so uh, I took the I, I, I put off the drug test. Oh, you did. OK. Yeah. I just, you know, I didn't say 24 hours. Oh, I got lost in the mail, whatever. You know, I mean, I just and I got my own drug test. I drank a hell of a lot of water. I ran 10 miles a day for four days in a row. And um, uh, I passed the drug test. There you go. How Congrat- about that? Congratulations. Isn't that great? Yeah, All right. That was my offer letter thing. All right. So what's going on in the news right now? What's hot? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, this whole submersible mini sub, the whole Titanic expedition thing, that's pretty much dominating news coverage because it's such a sort of like horrifying and intriguing yeah. thing, what's happening. Now, the other thing is, uh, what were we talking about? I don't know why it came up, but LGBTQ. Mm. What was I talking about? Well, it's Pride Month. It's Pride Month, but there was something else going on. Anyway, LGBT, not too long ago, in 2010, 2009, whatever, we said LGB, and then it went to LGBT. Mm-hmm. And you happen to be G in LGBT, and I happen to be... I guess I'm not in the LGBT. I'm, right, I'm, you're not in the club. I'm not in the club. Well, <laughs> is it really a club? 
Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I heard what you were saying about that. And I actually think that as a member of the LGB community, there's a lot of truth to what you say. In other words, there was a push largely based on marriage equality that dates back to the Stonewall uprising, riot, whatever you want to call it, even before. And once that is achieved, sometimes those groups have a lot of sort of uh, energy, organizing, fundraising, all this. They need some sort of new target. They need like a new thing, right? And uh, I believe you're right in the sense that transgenderism, um, if you want to use that term, whatever, kind of became folded into the tent a little bit more aggressively over the last 10 years. Now, that being said, back in 1969, the Stonewall Uprising, one of the famous people involved, Marsha P. Johnson, I believe her name was. And I only learned this once I joined the news division, by the way. Not like I didn't know this like chapter and verse type thing. She was transgender back in the 60s or a drag queen. Maybe maybe that was the term they used back then. So it's not to say that there's never been any crossover there, but. I was joking with my husband last weekend, and I said, okay, LGB, that's sort of more what I feel a part of. But I think we can, we can keep T because there's a, there's a shared struggle there. There's some, there's some shared fight for maybe acceptance, rights, whatever, but we gotta cut it somewhere. So I'm saying T, and then let's just kind of leave it there. Okay. Uh, right. The, the I, the A, the queer, all this stuff, it gets so confusing. And I think that it kind of, obfuscates the point, which is that it's some group of people that come together and say, we just want to be more or less left alone because we want to live our lives the way that we want to live it. They, and, don't, they don't see the T's. No, everything you say makes sense, but the T's right now, a big portion of them, they don't seem to want to be left alone. I think they're, I agree. They're begging for attention. They're getting close to kids and the idea that, look, I know you're a normal person. Uh, you know I mean? You're, you're, it doesn't matter what your orientation is. I got to admit, though, I was a little... Uh, Taken aback to find out that you were on the spectrum, if you will. You're right. I mean, you I mean, what do they call it? Gaydar, right? right? I mean, you do not convey. You have no gay man energy. Right. And most people agree. I Are mean, they floored when they find out? I mean, my older brother, like I couldn't convince him. He thought I was kidding. He thought I was messing with him when I first told him. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, and that's the thing, like the militant aspect of adv- advocacy for any particular group, I think, is when you cross over into, hey. I'm talking about maybe a straight person now. Like, you leave me alone. You know what I mean? Like, why are you being so militant about this? What about when Joe Biden said, as he said the other day, he said, well, in this country, you can get married in the morning if you're gay and thrown out of a restaurant in the afternoon. And I'm like, what is he think? What what year is he locked? That is not true. I don't think that's true in the continental United States that anybody today has been thrown out of a restaurant because of the, because, yeah. right? And I've made that argument before. Some of my more progressive friends will be like, Oh yeah. Have you been down to, to Alabama recently? Or so, you know, it's like, all right. Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, not necessarily, but, but neither have they. Right. I used to live in Mississippi and I'm telling you, the country is more, it's more, it's very homogenous now. It's not as there's, you know, the South and the North and the TV and the Netflix and the McDonald's and the USA today and everybody's doing the same stuff. Except in New York, to be honest. With New York, we go out more during the week, but everywhere else. New York is so, we think they're, we're so special. I took off out of the airport and, uh, I'm flying away and I, I'm looking and I can see Manhattan and flying away, flying away. And it's like Manhattan is just a little, little thing where you can put it on your finger. Everything else is very big. So we're not, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what I mean by that. But anyway, you're happy. Yeah, I'm happy. And I, all I'm saying is LGB, fine, T. But then I think we need to, everybody else can get their own group, right? Like, I mean, whatever the other ones, I don't know. Like, it's just to me, there, there's something about LGB, very clearly, you talk about homogenous, and kind of like, you know, just trying to keep ourselves, you know, moving forward. But we've made a lot of progress. Some of the militant aspect is where people say, whoa, wait a second, what's going on here? Uh, all right. But you say LGB. Should I say LGB now on? I don't, I don't want to be the spokesman for, for but this. But you just said LGB. Maybe I should say LGB and leave the T's out. Some people, some people say that should be the case. All right. Let's start it, huh? LGB. Oh boy. Um, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I've, I'm making this, uh, decision. All right. So wait, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, mm-hmm. uh, what is it looking like in terms of what's the other? I mean, things are kind of settling down. You do remind me of this. It's like Roe v. Wade. Once once Roe v. Wade was overturned, uh, the pro-life community kind of like sat down. They didn't take it to the next level. Mm. They didn't get active at the state level, mm-hmm. as far as I can see. And you know what? They didn't rally around Trump, which is what they which is what they uh, should have done. So. All right. Uh, thank you. And, uh, how's everything in the office? Anything? Everything's uh, going pretty well. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, keeping our eyes on this big story with the sub. There's, you know, renewed e-bike concerns with these batteries, the charging batteries, a horrific fire, lower east side. You know, these batteries get so hot while they're charging. It's, I don't know. That's hey, a big story. Yeah. And that's what, uh, you know, we had the hoverboards for a while and I was a big hoverboard maniac. I loved the hoverboard. And then they said they were illegal. Same for, thing. For that reason. Right. But then, I guess with the lawlessness and they came back and I think they're, they're just everywhere. The e-bikes, which are more dangerous. And it's a lot of delivery workers that use them. And Pete, Manhattan is, tends to eat a lot of takeout, I guess. It's they a do. lot of delivery. I know. I've been doing it myself lately. All right. Well, James, but, Flippen- di- but your diet's going well. Eh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Try. Uh, James Lippin, news anchor reporter. We'll Thanks, be right Greg. back. You bet. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If this thing is down at the, uh, if it fell all the way down to the Titanic, no one's really asked about this. Can it even survive even if it had enough air? I mean, isn't there a pressure situation? They limit themselves to just a couple of hours down there. So uh, that's probably an issue as well. I don't know. It's not looking good. Uh, let's hope. Let's pray. Stockton Rush and his uh, his friends. The customers, uh, the other worker there, uh, we get them out of this terrible, terrible jam and then straighten them out about a lot of things, okay? He needs it. Let's, uh, all right, got to wrap up there fairly soon. Uh, where is this guy? Craig in Stony Brook, yes. Hey, Greg. Hi. Let's uh, just keep it LG and let the LG community decide on what letters get added on after that. Okay. What else? Uh, my main point was uh, questioning of Durham. I would love a guy like Durham, okay, who was a complete gentleman today, 
to say, look, Adam Schiff, Mr. Nadler, stop with all of the rhetoric and just ask your question, because I categorically deny 95% of what you're saying. Just ask the question. I'm here by my own volition. Wouldn't that be refreshing? Um, I'm not as impressed with John Durham as you are. Um, I actually noticed something. Uh, I was frustrated by the questioning as well because they're limited to five uh, minutes. And, yes, there's that pontificating. But I did notice something, Craig, that Durham gave more direct answers to the guys who were jerks with him, like Nadler and Schiff, than the other ones. He was like, correct, correct, correct. Whereas every Republican, he was kind of rambling. And, look, this is a swamp guy who was out to uh, protect the swamp. Uh, you can't tell me that they found everything that they found and they couldn't find uh, more people to charge or I, I, I just, it was a, he pussyfooted around a lot of different issues, and I think it was a gigantic bust. I also blame the media and even parts of the conservative media because, uh, there was a lot in that Durham report. I hit it for about 10 days straight. And, um, you know, the Strzok, Page, Comey, all that stuff, the phony investigation, no adequate predicate, blowing off all their regulations, skipping the preliminary investigation, the preliminary assessment. The assessment and just going to full investigation, and and you, you're right, perfect gentleman. Well, sometimes it, you don't want a gentleman. I want somebody to come in and kick ass and get people's attention, and he didn't. He did it like a bureaucrat, Craig, like a bureaucrat who wanted to even hide the results of his own report. Sorry, I differ. I differ with you, but that's okay. Do you see at all what I'm saying? So yes, I do. Point taken. And as Trump said last night, I cannot be uncombative until the press changes its way. I'm paraphrasing. But but that was a that was a great point that he made last night with uh uh on Fox News. Yeah, I saw that. I, I did think for the very first time though, does he have to pick a fight with the press? Because he's never gonna win that fight, arguably. You know, I mean sometimes I saw him like, you know, sparring with that idiot Jim Acosta day in and day out. You know, I love Trump but a lot of the press, he just could have blown off instead of, uh, you know, what what does it matter what Jim Acosta thinks or says or reports, you know? I, I, I wonder, I wonder. Look, there are a couple of things I'd like to see change in Trump. I want him back, but I would like to see a, I'd like to see him work on some things. We all can work on things, including Trump. And uh, thank you, Craig, very much. Uh, Ron is in Freeport, yeah? Yes, hi. So, you know, the checks and balances. I know that you're a, a mega um, positive person when it comes to, uh, as I am a born-again Christian since I'm nine, um, I'm always looking for the positive, always looking for the light. But the checks and balances, the reason why I say they don't really exist at this point and it's very bleak is that the other side is telling us, and they're saying it in so many words and saying it in the words, that they don't care how bad they are acting and how bad it looks. They're doing this for our own good. Whether we like it or not, it's going to be done, and we have nothing to say about it. And that is bleak. Well, it's bleak in that, you know, we <laughs> – eh, look, um, too many people are just kind of ignoring it, going along with it. Um, you know, what can we do? They're counting on us doing nothing. They're counting on us watching Netflix and smoking pot and uh, just screwing around and uh, while they take over the world. 
So it's up to us. It's not no one's going to do it for us, uh, Ron. We all have you done anything, Ron? Have you pushed back? Have you written letters? Have you gotten on the phone? Have you started a social I media did what account? You told me to do. I have been writing letters. I have been really spearheading things that are more long term, such as bringing back our education to be normalized again. But um, I know that's a long term effect. But in the near term, I tell everyone that will listen that they can't just sit back and expect others to do the work. Everyone has to get in on it. Everyone has to vote for the right people. And hopefully someone comes in and turns the DOJ around and the top of these politicians uh, criteria have to be America first. Ron, I love Uh, it. I love that you're doing your part. You're getting the word out. Thank you. Barbara, is this the same Barbara? Yes, it is. Barbara, hello. Yes, I'm the same me that I was yesterday. <laughs> and, Hi. And I'm listening to, you know, all the news that's going on and the things that are being said and the facts that are being uh, ignored and are being twisted. And John Adams had a quote about that. He said, facts are stubborn things. And whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations or passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. And we know that that's true, but, but we have become numb, as you and this gentleman were just saying, we have become numb to too much of this, and people are just going on thinking it's going to come out all right, I don't have to worry. And that is something called the normalcy bias. Are you familiar with the normalcy bias? Uh, I can, I can, kind of self-explanatory in a way. Right, right. Well, it's a very dangerous thing, and it's the kind of thing that lets people, for example, get into that submarine and say, oh, well, everyone that's gone in there has come out, and I'm going to come out too, so I'm not going to think about it too much. The normalcy bias is what tells people that what has gone on forever will continue the same. And in the even in the face of dire threats, people will hold on to that because it makes them secure. There were people who were running down on September 11th from their offices and said to their friend, oh, I forgot to turn my computer off and went back upstairs to turn off their computer and were never seen again. That is the normalcy bias. We have to be aware of it and we have to fight it. Normalcy bias. You know, I had not heard that about 9-11, I wonder, but uh, that, that, that rings the normalcy bias, something to, uh, haven't heard that term before. Barbara, as usual, so wise, so much wisdom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, one more, Tony, with some special words, I understand. Tony? Hi, Greg Kelly. So, yes, as I think about us all waiting, you know, to hear about the the Titan submersive, and we relive memories of the Titanic, I have a scripture for us from Jonah. Jonah got himself into some mischief, wound up in the seas, and then in the water, and then in the belly of a fish or whale. And here's what he said. He said, when my life was ebbing away, I remember you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, would sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from God. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. I love it. Love it, Tony. Many thanks. See you later. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. 
How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.